Hello, and welcome to episode 57 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And as always, if you want to go beyond this podcast to meet more vegan business owners who are just like you and to engage with myself and Lisa and our amazing community of vegan business owners, then please do go check out the website at veganbusinesstribe.com. We know it's coming up to January now when a lot of people decide that they're going to really push their businesses. So if you want to come and join us at Vegan Business Tribe, then you won't have to do that push all on your own. And to join, it's just the equivalent of what you would pay a month if you bought just one cup of coffee a week from your local coffee shop. So head over to the site, veganbusinesstribe.com, click on the big join button on the homepage, and that's where you'll find out more about how we can help you. Now, I'm going to make the assumption that because we're sharing this moment together, that you enjoy podcasts. And if this is indeed the first podcast that you've ever listened to, well, congratulations. And no pressure on me at all not to put you off podcasts for life. But can I ask, instead of just listening to podcasts, have you ever thought about actually being on a podcast. And one question that we get asked a lot at Vegan Business Tribe is about visibility. So you've got a great product or a service, you've got your website built, but nobody knows about you. How do you actually get yourself out there? Well, in the last couple of years, podcasting has gone from what was quite a niche, even a hobbyist media, to now being one of the fastest growing platforms out there. So back in 2018, Apple estimated that there were about half a million podcasts in existence. So 550,000 different shows. This year, however, so in April 2021, that estimate has gone up to over 2 million different podcasts that you can find for your listening pleasure. That's a format quadrupling in size in just three years. And our familiarity with podcasts, that's increased also, with over half the population saying that they have listened to a podcast, but 75% saying that they're familiar with what podcasts are. And one of the reasons why podcasts have grown so much as a platform is they have become so much easier to listen to. If you're an Apple fan, then podcasts, they've been on the iTunes since 2005. But many people have had to turn to a whole myriad of different apps and websites to go and find their favourite podcast. And I remember when I first started listening to podcasts myself many, many years ago, I was always a fan of audiobooks. But when I started hearing about these podcasts, the first question I had was, Well, how the heck do I actually go about listening to them? 
But then last year, in 2020, Spotify launched podcasts on their platform, and that's what truly made them accessible to the mass market. People who had never tried listening to podcasts before, they were getting them recommended on the homepage of their Spotify app. And one of the world's largest podcasts, the Joe Rogan Experience, that gets in the region of 11 million listeners per episode. 11 million. But that was bought by Spotify in a multi-year exclusivity deal rumoured to be worth about $100 million. And Amazon's Audible platform, they now produce many of their own exclusive podcast series with the likes of celebrities such as Stephen Fry. And no matter what your interest, you can probably find a podcast talking about it. I mean, who'd have ever thought there'd be a vegan business podcast? What a time to be alive. And it's this diversity of podcast shows that should make you sit up and take notice as a way to promote your vegan business. Because a huge amount of podcasts, and especially in the business scene, they're interview podcasts. This podcast, so you listening to me now, it goes against the trend of most podcasts because we don't really do guests. It's usually just me, you and the microphone in between us for about half an hour each week. But for most podcasters, their whole format is set up around finding interesting people to interview. People that listeners in their specific niche will be really interested to hear from. When we bring you an interview, it's usually with one of our vegan business tribe members. And it's always because that person has some really specific knowledge or has done something really noteworthy that I want to share with you because it's probably going to help your business in some way. But for most podcasters, they have to find a constant stream of interesting people to interview week in, week out. And it's this that makes podcasting such a great channel for getting visibility for your business. Because imagine that you're trying to get your business out there and you decide that you're going to aim to get onto, say, 10 podcasts. If you're some big vegan business superstar, someone like Seth Tibbet of Tofurky, then you're going to get onto those podcasts that have tens of thousands of listeners. In fact, you won't need to go asking. People will be constantly asking to interview you. But... For the rest of us, if you manage to get interviewed on 10 podcasts and each of those podcasts maybe only had 500 listeners, that's still 5,000 people that you've just got your company in front of. But imagine if you set yourself a goal to do 100 podcasts, say in a year, that's 50,000 people that you've just got yourself and your business in front of. And actually, starting out on those podcasts that only do have a few hundred listeners, it's actually a good place to learn how to be interviewed. Because it's much better to make all those mistakes on the podcasts that only has 150 downloads a week rather than the one that's got several thousand. And in fact, 
In March this year, our vegan business tribe member, Mitali Depakatha from Let's Tell Your Story Publishing, she set herself for challenge to get on 100 podcasts before the end of the year. And when she sat down and worked that out, that meant getting onto nine podcasts a month or two or three a week. And we're now in December. And I think at the last count that Mitali has appeared on nearly 70 podcasts so far this year, which is absolutely amazing because that's tens of thousands of people who have heard her story and how good do you think that she is at getting interviewed now after all that practice how well do you think that she gets over what her business does now compared to the first couple of podcasts that she appeared on how many entrepreneurs who keep thinking that they've got a book inside them if only they could find someone to help them extract it have now heard of Matar and her services that do just that that hadn't at the start of the year. In fact, I'm telling you about her now even though she's not a guest on this podcast, just because of the sheer amount of podcasts that she's managed to get on and the publicity that that's got her. And in fact, if you're listening, Matali, and I know that Matali is a regular listener, then we'll probably do a session together about everything you've learned from getting onto 100 podcasts in a year that we can share with the rest of the tribe. So, getting on podcasts, it's an extremely good way to get visibility, but it's also a really good way to build credibility with your potential audience because you are being introduced by somebody that that listener really trusts. You'll find that when you become a regular listener to a podcast, that you get into a relationship with the host. And we get it all the time at Vegan Business Tribe. Sometimes when we have a welcome one-to-one with a new Vegan Business Tribe member, they say like they feel that they already know me because they've been binge listening to the podcast. So I might have been in their ears nonstop for the last month. So if I mention someone or I recommend something, then as somebody that you listen to regularly, there is a deal of trust behind that recommendation. So if a host decides to present you to their listeners as somebody that's worth their time listening to, then that introduction has a lot of weight behind it. So if that's the case, how do you actually go about getting onto podcasts? Well, this is the thing, because it goes right back to one of the core things that I bang my drum about at Vegan Business Tribe. Your company just being vegan, it's no longer remarkable. You having a vegan product or a service, it's not a unique selling point. It might have been five years ago, but it definitely is not now. If I wanted to interview somebody who makes vegan skincare products, for example, I could probably send an email to maybe 10 that I know without even having to consult my address book. Because if you approach a podcast and you haven't got either a really unique story or a crucial bit of information that their listeners will really benefit from, then you're actually just asking the host of that podcast to give you a freebie advert. You just being vegan 
it's not enough. You just starting a vegan company, that's not enough. And trust me, there is no shortage of vegan starting businesses right now. And if you're relying on that to get you interviewed on a podcast, then I've got some really bad news to break to you. Even Mitali, with her goal of getting onto 100 podcasts by the end of the year, when she first started emailing podcasts, asking to be interviewed, she got responses from almost no one. She was completely ignored until she understood what podcast hosts were looking for and how to approach them. So today, that's what we're going to get into. Once you've decided that podcasts are something where you're going to find a great audience for what you do, one, how do you find those podcasts? And two, how do you actually get onto them? So let's start with the first one. How do you actually find a podcast that might be interested in interviewing you? Well, there are some amazing vegan podcasts out there, such as the Bloody Vegans podcast hosted by Vegan Business Tribe member Jim Moore, or Vegan Business Talk hosted by our very good friend Katrina Fox. And if I go into Spotify now and I navigate to the podcast section and just enter the word vegan in the search box, it takes me a good couple of minutes to scroll all the way down to the bottom of that list. So at the top, you've got the big hitter vegan podcasts from Earthling Ed and the Simply Vegan podcast by Vegan Food and Living magazine. But scroll a bit further and you'll see my face and some of the other names that you recognize. But keep going and you will find hundreds and hundreds of podcasts that talk about some aspect of veganism that you've probably never heard of. There's vegan fitness podcasts, vegan cooking podcasts, vegan pregnancy podcasts, activism podcasts, even vegan religious podcasts. There's podcasts specifically for vegan women. There's podcasts specifically talking about vegan children. There's podcasts aimed at new vegans and podcasts aimed at old vegans and even vegan podcasts aimed at people who aren't even yet vegan. Whatever vegan audience you are looking for, there's probably a podcast talking to that audience. And this is important Because what that means is that somebody else has already spent all that time bringing together your audience for you. And as I often say, there are only two ways to build an audience for your business. You either have to pay for it, and that might be paying in time or money, or you steal somebody else's. So finding the people who are already talking to your audience and getting to know those gatekeepers, that should be a really important part of your marketing strategy. But just because you have a vegan business, that doesn't mean that you should only look at the vegan podcasts. Now, they are a great place to start because you already have the ethical connection with the host and they're more likely to respond to your email. But the most successful companies are those that occupy multiple niches. For example, you might be a vegan nutritionist working with women over 60. And if so, then you haven't just got the vegan sector to look at. You've also got all those podcasts that cover healthy eating or later life health hacks. And there are probably as many podcasts that talk about menopause as there are vegan podcasts. So brainstorm 
all the different sectors and all those different topics that you think your audience might be in. And then use iTunes and Spotify to find out how many podcasts there are covering those topics. And don't just look at the podcasts right at the top of the results. They're usually the ones that are well-established and you might need to work your way up if you're currently an unknown. And just because it's the first time you found that podcast, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to get on it. They might be the queen of their podcast niche with tens of thousands of listeners and get people approaching them constantly to be featured. And it's also important to remember that the biggest marketplace for vegan products right now are non-vegans. We know that as much as 90% of vegan food, for example, is eaten by people who don't identify as vegan. And lots of people are happy to engage with products or services that are vegan in the same way that they want to buy cosmetics that haven't been tested on animals, or they want to find suppliers who are environmentally conscious. To many customers, your product or service being vegan, that might be a real positive, even though they don't identify as being vegan themselves. Once you've found a rich stream of podcasts covering these topics, start to make a spreadsheet or a list of those that you think might be interested. And don't make a list of a hundred different podcasts. Well, not yet. Start with just 10. Check when they last put an episode out just to make sure that they're still active. Go take a look at their social media to see how many followers they have. And then try and find an email address, either by going through their show notes or take a look at their website if they've got one. And don't discount the shows that only have a couple of hundred of followers or even less on social media. And especially at the start of your own podcast journey. Because what we want to do is first test out approaching people who run podcasts. We want to work on practicing our pitch and learn what's going to make these people respond. And so working with smaller podcasts first, it's a great way to do that. Don't think, though, that just because they're a smaller podcast, that means that they're more likely to get back to you, though. Many podcasts are run as a weekend or an evening passion project by people who are very busy earning a living doing something else, and they might only have a really limited time to look at their emails. Take the Bloody Vegans podcast. Jim recorded his first 100 episodes while still working for a big tech company before he'd built up enough momentum to give up his job and go at it full time. LinkedIn and social is also a great way to get hold of someone if you're not getting a response any other way or if you can't find an email address. And I've often found that I can strike up a conversation on LinkedIn with somebody that I've not been able to get hold of any other way, simply because they don't get as many messages through that platform. And another reason that I would recommend just starting with 10 podcasts is because then you can spend a bit of time learning about each podcast before you reach out to them. And once you've found the formula that works for approaching a podcast, then you won't have to do this every single time. But for these first ones, at least skim listen to a couple of episodes, maybe listen to the introduction and a few minutes here and there and get a feel for who they are and what they talk about. 
Podcasts are massively personality-led, so get an idea of what their specific brand of personality is like. And also, make sure that they are actually an interview podcast. And so many people, they make the mistake of reaching out to someone, saying they're a big fan of their podcast and putting themselves forward as a guest, when the podcast simply doesn't do guests. And we get it all the time. We're mainly a solo format podcast. But every week, we will get emails from people pitching either themselves or their clients as a guest for the show. And half the time, they start that email saying what a big fan of the podcast they are. Now, fortunately, Lisa handles these emails before I even see them, else I wouldn't be able to help myself just hitting reply and starting with the words, well, being such a big fan of the show you'll know that we're not an interview podcast. So starting with a small number on your shortlist, it also means that you can pick out some podcasts just for ones that you've got some real synergy with. So maybe you're from the same geographical area as a podcast host, or maybe you've got a background in a similar industry. With these first few podcasts, our goal is to actually get them to engage with us so that we can try out our pitch and find out what works. So finding the people who we feel the most comfortable reaching out to, that's going to be a big help in this. And once you've got some confidence that you have a proposal that works, then great. That's when you can start sending it out to hundreds of podcasts if you like. But for now, let's just try and get a couple to engage with us and make all our mistakes with a limited audience first. Once you know who you want to reach out to, then what do you do next? Well, the first point I will make is the very best way to get onto podcasts is to actually get those people to reach out to you. Now, getting to this level, it does take a little bit of time. But if you look at any of the people that we've featured on this podcast, they're people that I've reached out to because they've done something that I really want to learn more about. Take Molly Elwood, who started Elwood's Organic Dog Meat as a parody website of family-owned farms. She picked up over 30,000 followers on Facebook within just a couple of months of launching. I wanted to know how she did that, and I wanted to share how she did that with you. And that's why we interviewed Molly first on the website for our members, and then we featured her and what we learned back in episode 49 of this podcast. So if you've done something remarkable and you continue to do things that are remarkable, then people will want to talk to you. And this is the key to getting onto podcasts. If you email a podcast and you say that you've just started up a vegan business, making a vegan product, and you'd love to be a guest, then you're simply not going to get a reply. Because being a vegan startup, it's not remarkable, unless you make it so. So, maybe you're a former pig farmer who has gone vegan and has now opened a vegan butcher's shop. Or maybe you were a dairy farmer who transitioned and now makes vegan ice cream. Straight away, that's a story that people are really going to be interested in. And if you've got that kind of story, then you're probably going to get onto any podcast or in any vegan magazine that you want. But most of us don't have such a dramatic founder story. So we have to craft one. 
And if you can make your business remarkable in some way, then you never have to pay for social media ads because people will simply share what you do. If you have a remarkable story behind your business, then you'll never have to pay to put an advert in a magazine. Those magazines, they will want to get in touch to write about you. And it's the same with podcasts. You need to have either a remarkable story or have been widely successful to get on a podcast. And people say this to me all the time. You know, I don't have that kind of company. I just make a fairly everyday boring product. Well, Nike just makes shoes. Apple, they just make computers. Walmart have a shop, but they just happen to employ over 2 million people. How remarkable your company is, it's not tied to what you do or what you make. So think of it from the viewpoint of the person who makes the podcast. They want to have a guest that is going to make a fascinating listen, which means that you either have to have a story to tell or have some information that's going to be really useful and critical to their listeners. So what's your story? What led you to starting your business? Or what about your personal story? Take another Vegan Business Tribe member, Vito Mito, and they've just opened a vegan restaurant in central London, and it's run by Natalie and Jason. And when they first met, Jason was homeless, living in a friend's garage after a battle with alcohol addiction. And Natalie was struggling with an eating disorder. Plenty of people open up a vegan restaurant, but you want to know more about that story, don't you? And that's why Lisa interviewed Natalie and Jason for our column in Vegan Food and Living magazine. And again, you don't have to work in the most exciting sector to have a really interesting story. Take Keith Lesser from Vegan Accountants. Now, you might think that accountants are not the most exciting people in the world, and I'll let you keep those opinions to yourself. But Keith, he's got a really fascinating story about how one of his customers converted him personally to veganism. They were a vegan cafe, and after getting to know them so he could do their accounts, that led Keith to learn more about veganism, which then eventually led to launching Vegan Accountants. So having some kind of story, it's absolutely key to getting on a podcast. And if you don't have one, then make one. What do I mean by that? Well, Another Vegan Business Tribe member, Sam Tucker. He is the founder of digital agency Creative Compass, and he's just attempted the world record for the longest rap marathon. And he managed to keep freestyle rapping for more than 22 hours. It was absolutely amazing. Now, he didn't quite make the world record, but he still raised over 4,000 New Zealand dollars for charity. And he's now got an amazing story to tell on the back of that. So take some time to work out what your story is. Work out what makes you remarkable because it will genuinely make a difference to being able to get visibility for your business. And there are also lots of ways that you can prove your credibility as a prospective podcast guest. As Matali from Let's Tell Your Story always recommends, write a book, 
or use someone like Matali to extract a book from you. Or go right back to episode 14 of the podcast, where we talk about how to overcome imposter syndrome, because we've got some great tips on building up your credibility really quickly. That's why in my former life, I was an ambassador for the Chartered Institute of Marketing. It just gave me instant credibility and it set me up as an expert, which was very handy for getting asked to speak at events or being interviewed. So once you have your story, next work out what that podcast host wants to get out of a guest for their podcast. And this is another reason why it's a good idea to start with a small number of podcasts first just so that you can spend a bit of time on each one. So if the podcast is more of a lifestyle podcast, then that host might just want someone with a good story to tell within that particular area of interest. But it might be that the podcast has got an agenda that you can help fill. So like Vegan Business Tribe, I want to give you, as the person I'm talking to, some really good business knowledge every single week that you didn't have before, which will make your vegan business more successful. Or I want to give you some motivation and some inspiration to do bigger and better things, just so that you can move the vegan course forward with your business. I'm tired of seeing all these non-vegan businesses dominating the market with their plant-based products. I want the vegan companies to step up. So when somebody sends us an email saying that they will be a great guest on our podcast because they could educate our listeners on the benefits of a whole food vegan diet, then they've completely missed the mark. And apologies if you were the person who sent me that email a couple of weeks ago just for singling you out. But the clue is kind of in the title of a podcast for what we're looking for. Now, email, it's a great way to open up the conversation and go in with enough information to get somebody interested, but not so much that it's going to take more than a minute to read through it. And again, remember that we don't usually have guests, but I've had emails sent through to us that have been thousands of words long, detailing all the different things that somebody could talk about as a guest, and none of them really relevant to vegan businesses. So tell the host what you do in just a couple of sentences. Make it clear that you've listened to the podcast, so you've got a feel for what topics they talk about, even if you only skim listen to a couple of episodes. And then tell them why you think you'd be a good fit for their specific podcast. So, for example... If you have a vegan beauty product and you wanted to pitch at me to appear on this podcast, then telling me that you could teach our listeners all about vegan beauty, it's just not going to get a response. Telling me that you grew a vegan beauty business from your kitchen table to supplying 100 retailers in your first year and that you think that listeners to this podcast might be interested for you to share how you did it so quickly... That's got me thinking that you'd be a useful person to interview. And if you tell me that you did all that and at the same time, 100% of your profits every January go to your local animal sanctuary, then you are my perfect guest. And I'll be sending you our special calendar link that we use to book interviews. You're someone who's really understood what this podcast is all about and you've come at me with the right angle. And the best bit is there will still be plenty of time whilst we're talking and whilst I interview you to promote your vegan beauty range to our listenership. 
you've just changed your approach to fit the podcast. And that was just an example using us. But you can go through the same process for the podcasts that you have single out. Audience trust is everything to a podcast host. So they're going to be very selective about who they introduce the audience to. They know that they're in a position of trust with their listeners and they will want a great guest every single episode. So your introduction email needs to make sure that you present yourself as that great guest who is really relevant to the podcast's audience and themes. But don't make the mistake either of sending an intro email that doesn't say enough. And again, we've received emails that have just said, I've got a vegan beauty business and I would love to be interviewed for your podcast. And that's been pretty much it. (laughs) So the key is to make sure that you get over in just a couple of sentences why you're interesting and relevant, what your story and expertise is, and then give people the opportunity to find out more without having to come back and ask for it. So create a page on your website with the long version of your story that you can link people to in your introduction email. And one tip that I will also add is always try to include an image of yourself, either in the email or, if you can at the very least, on the page with more information about you. Because if you're pitching to a podcast, you're not promoting your business. You are promoting you. And I know that most podcasts, they're audio only, but if you were selling a product, then you would include a picture of that product, wouldn't you? So if you are promoting yourself, then include a picture of you to show that you're a real person. Email, it can be such a cold, impersonal way of communicating. So including a photo of yourself in the footer, it can genuinely make a difference to how you are received. And a lot of hosts, they're also thinking about their episode cover art. So if you've got an amazingly creative or just a fun headshot, then include that in your message and just let them know that they'll be free to use that in their episode cover art. If you've also got your own audience, then you should mention that in your introduction email also. And again, audience is everything to a podcast host. And if you're offering to introduce them to a new one, then you've got a far better chance of getting their attention. So if you've got a huge social media following, then mention it and say that you promote the episode you're on with your followers. Tell them about the several thousand people on your email list if you've got them and say that you're going to share the interview with them too. We've seen massive spikes in podcast listeners when we've interviewed companies who have got huge online followings because we were able to tag them into our promotions for that episode and get them to share it with their own followers too. And then finally in your email, and you won't believe that people always forget to do this. If you are trying to get on a vegan podcast, then don't forget to say that you are vegan. Okay. And again, we get so many messages at Vegan Business Tribe from people who want to do things together. And Lisa's first email back is, can I just check that you are vegan yourself? And that feels like a stupid question to be asking somebody who's just emailed an organization called Vegan Business Tribe until you find out that 50% of those people, they're not. 
Yes, we get plenty of people approaching us as vegan business tribe wanting to work together. And when we check that they are vegan, they come back and tell us how proudly flexitarian they are. You know, they don't eat much meat. And that's great for you. But again, the title kind of gives it away. So once you've got all this in a fairly concise email that can be read through in a minute or so, send it off to your first 10 podcasts. Let them know that you're flexible on time and you can be available either during the day or the evening. And then we'll be prepared for a little bit of a wait. But don't be disheartened. As I said, most podcast hosts are busy and many do it as a side project. So it might be a week or two until you hear back. But if you don't hear back within the week, then go find the original email in your sent folder and just forward it on again with a quick note just asking if it was of any interest. Or if not, ask if they've got any feedback about how you could improve your pitch as a potential podcast guest. Remember, you will Always learn more from the people who say no than those who have said yes. Some podcasts, however, you simply won't be able to get onto them until you either reach a certain level of significance with them or until you do something even more remarkable. So don't be afraid to circle back a few months later if something new and exciting happens that you've now got to talk about. But hopefully, you will learn a lot from testing and engaging with these first podcasts in such a focused way that when you do find the thing that they all pick up on in your bio or the part of your story or business that they all get excited about, that's what you can highlight when you start reaching out to more. That's the thing that you open your email with to get people's attention. And Matali from Let's Tell Your Story Publishing, she didn't start getting responses from podcasts until she mentioned that she was a best-selling author. And once she'd worked out that that's what people were picking up on, that's what she opened with in her intro email. So if you get no responses, then it might be that you just don't have the story or the angle right yet. And that's why we're testing first to see how people respond to your pitch. So let's assume, though, that you do hear back, that somebody likes your story and that you've made it relevant to their show and their audience. Your goal now is to use that interview as a showcase to get others. It might be that if you get onto a newly launched podcast, that you can get yourself invited back when their audience grows and new things have happened in your business. Or it might be that someone hears you on this first podcast and thinks that you would make a great guest for theirs too. So first of all, make sure you've got the basic kit covered. So get a separate microphone. And you don't have to spend hundreds, but if you're aiming to do a number of podcasts, then invest in something better than the microphone on your headphones or your laptop's internal mic. If this podcast records video as well as audio, then buy a ring light for your desk just to make sure that you're well-lit and well-presented. And if you're doing a lot of interviews, then think about setting up a dedicated space that's got an interesting background and lots of soft furnishings around to reduce the reverb. And then, when it comes to recording, just be an amazing guest. 
be the sort of person that lets the host enjoy themselves. And I remember Lisa and I were invited onto a podcast recently and we really turned it up to 11. I can, you may have noticed, perform somewhat when I need to do. And we put on a great show that day. We got really animated. We brought the energy. We were serious and we were fun in equal measures. And the podcast host, he promoted the heck out of that episode. He even sent me a message afterwards saying that it was the most fun he'd had on an episode since he started. Aim to be that person. Turn it up a few notches. So if when you speak normally, you're naturally a three, then turn it up to a five when you're a podcast guest. If you're normally at eight, then turn it up to 11. Make the host remember you and make anybody listening with their own podcast think that they need to get you on their show too. Once you've recorded the episode though, don't expect it to be on air next week. Most podcasts produce their shows weeks, sometimes even months in advance. So if you have a specific date when the podcast needs to go out to be relevant, then just make sure that you let the host know. And one final tip that I'll throw in right at the end is that many people actually launch their own podcast as a way to get on other people's. We've interviewed people with their own podcasts and then we've been interviewed in return. Or we've put out some joint material and content that we've created together to both our audiences, such as the panels that we've done with VegFest or with Katrina Fox. In fact, sometimes podcast hosts, they make the best interview subjects. You know they've had plenty of practice as a speaker and they'll probably deliver an interesting episode. And you might think it's a little bit of an extreme way to find customers, but if you've got a high-ticket vegan service, then setting up a podcast that aims to interview your dream customers as a way of getting yourself in front of them... That's actually a very tried and tested route to market. And I've seen plenty of companies in many different industries do just that. Okay, so we've covered quite a lot in this one. So let's just have a quick bullet point recap of how to get onto podcasts. Number one, podcasts as a platform has quadrupled in size over the last three years. Whatever your specific business niche is, there is now likely a podcast covering it. Two, if you want to get interviewed, you need to have a story and a good one at that. In fact, if you are remarkable enough, then podcasts will reach out to you. Three, if you haven't got a story, then you need to create one. So launch a new mission or a campaign. Go for a world record attempt or delve into your own personal story. Four, Start by approaching a small number of podcasts first, and especially if you've never been on a podcast before. Don't just look at vegan podcasts either. Think about all the different niches that you cover. Five, work out what that podcast host is looking for. Change your pitch to match what you think they want to present to their audience. They are looking to entertain and inform, not just give your company a free advert. Six, include a good photo of yourself or even have a fun and creative photo shoot set up so that you've got a good image that will be attractive as episode cover art. Build a page on your website with more information about your story and just include the highlights in your intro email. Seven, 
aim to be an amazing guest and turn the dial up a few notches on your performance. Invest a little bit in kit so that you look and sound good on the interview. And eight, maybe think about launching your own podcast as a way to get onto other people's or even as a way of getting in front of your dream clients to interview them. And on that last point, if you are thinking about launching your own podcast, then head over to the Vegan Business Tribe website, where we've got a recording of a panel that I hosted with three vegan podcasting superstars, just to find out their tips for running a successful vegan podcast. And that is it. So one last thing before I leave you. We've really grown as Vegan Business Tribe over this last year, especially, and it's been down to people like you sharing what we do. So if you found this podcast really useful, then I want you to do two things. First, if you're not yet a member of Vegan Business Tribe, then reach out to us. Send me an email at hello at veganbusinesstribe.com. Just saying that you're a podcast listener and introducing yourself. I really want to know why you listen and to get your feedback on what we do. And if you've got a vegan business, then I want to find out more about that too. But second, I would love if you could help share this podcast as well. So just subscribing or giving a thumbs up, all that really helps. And if your platform supports it, then leaving us a five-star review, that is just a great way to tell other people that this podcast is worth listening to. Or if you know somebody else with a vegan business that you think this information will help, then send them a link to it or help share our message and our mission on LinkedIn too. Because why should vegan businesses have to be the ones with a label? Why should we have to point out that our businesses don't harm or cause cruelty to animals? Surely it's the businesses that do that should have to carry a warning. But to make that a reality, then we need vegan businesses to have a bigger impact on the world. We need to make vegan business the new normal. And with your help, I truly believe that we can achieve that. So, if you want to be part of this journey, then come over and join us on the website and hopefully we can get you involved in that mission. So thank you so much for giving me your time today. Lisa and I, we really appreciate you taking out the time to listen and I will see you on the next one.